Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have returning guest Johnny Catalano. We're going to be talking about horror movies and and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, you know, Johnny, tell us what's going on with you right now. Yeah, of course. So, um, I'm essentially just busy with uh, my production company, um, Catalano Film Co. Uh, this year is an exciting year because we're we're going to kind of go more into the producing route. So um, as of thus far, I've pretty much just used my company to produce my film um, and some following films that are slated for uh, this year and the coming years. Um, but we're kind of getting into the realm of producing ourselves. Um, so yeah, it's we're really looking for kind of the local talent. So I'm, I'm based in Dayton, Cincinnati area. Um, so we, we are pretty much our goal, our mission, I suppose, is to really uh, get some auteur-driven type short films uh, in the area. So we really want to find these very unique, very idiosyncratic filmmakers um, in kind of the Dayton Cincinnati. Even I've, I've branched out to, to Northern Ohio, Northwest Ohio, um, uh, just getting them and producing them f their films, their passion projects. And really the, the plan in the future is to move on to kind of, uh, you know, feature films. And, and I, I'm working on uh, producing a feature film myself at the moment, but the goal is to produce other people's feature films uh, as well and uh, really kind of cultivate a, uh, I guess, a Romero-style <laughs> kind of uh, film culture. He did it in Pittsburgh. I'd love to do that uh, kind of here in Cincinnati, Dayton. Uh, area and uh, yeah, and I also have a film festival uh, in February. Um, it's called the Catalano Film Festival. Might as well put your name on stuff. Um, and <laughs> it's uh, gonna be like I said, kind of the auteur driven, very high quality uh, local talent. And uh, that's gonna be in Miamisburg, Ohio, for any listeners that are kind of local to that area. So it'll be a lot of fun, yeah. Because uh, I've, I've had to explain this because uh, we did a – I got invited to a horror con over in uh, Virginia just yeah. a month ago. And I'm talking to these people and they're like – I was like, man, you don't understand. I was like, Ohio has a relatively big independent yeah. film, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, you, it, it's a lot. And yeah. um, I started bringing it up on my phone. I'm like, that's guys, Ohio. These guys are Ohio. These guys are Ohio. And I'm like flashing yeah. through it. And they're like, wow, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah. It's a lot, yeah. It's more than people think. It's, it's um, like I said, we have enough to even make it. I can be sort of picky, I guess, with like the films I can produce. Um, that's kind of how diverse our filmmaking group is. Um, where I can kind of say, uh, I kind of want to work on this film because I think it's it's a little more up my alley. It's a little more kind of the... It's kind of like... I don't want to compare it to something else necessarily, but kind of like what United Artists or what A24 does now, kind of having those very hands-off, the auteur, just letting them make their films. Mm -hmm. uh, and like obviously a 24 has that kind of stamp of, wow, this is, this is prestigious. You know? So I guess that's kind of like what I'm trying to do, uh, at the local level. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's very, uh, we have a very rich film culture right now and 
all it needs to do is just be cultivated and uh you know hopefully we send features out there uh to to the world and uh i mean there's already features coming out so um yeah just really kind of promoting that is uh kind of like one of my life's vocations i guess uh, you could say um at the moment um but yeah uh on top of that i guess i've been kind of busy which is kind of the topic of conversation today uh kind of with my social media presence i've been kind of doing film reviews i wouldn't want to call them film reviews necessarily because i don't I don't feel like I'm qualified <laughs> necessarily to be like a film reviewer, giving it stars or ratings necessarily. But I just am basically, for this month in particular, uh, I'm doing the 31 Days of Horror. Um, so if you go to Catalano Film Co. page, it'll be called uh, Johnny Catalano's 31 Days of Horror, which is basically me uh, basically just giving recommendations on like kind of my favorite horror films. Um, as much as I could fit it in one month, because it's 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 actually I feel like oh this is, is, is actually really hard because <laughs> there's so much out there there's so much that I love and I'm like running out of time like today's uh, the day we're recording October 23rd like kind of running out of time but uh, I'm sure there's gonna be some bleed over into November but um, yeah I pretty much am just uh, citing some of the horror films that kind of made me fall in love with the genre. Maybe some I just discovered just recently. Like there's a few I I discovered just this month or watched this month and um, kind of already kind of sh shaped me and kind of already changed me. So yeah, I. So uh, with putting this together, have you discovered something recently that you just really like? Man, where where has this been? Why did I not watch this before now? Well, that's it. Well, you, we were talking before we began. Um, you said you know we brought up Carnival of Souls. Yeah. And uh, that is one I specifically discovered uh, this month. And that one I was, I don't know why it took me a while to watch it. Like it was always on my kind of list, I guess, because um, I know it's a, uh, David Lynch is a big fan. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Gilmore Del Toro's talked about it, I think, uh, several times. Um, so I just, it's been on my, my log, I guess. But <laughs> I eventually, like, finally watched it because. Uh, I mean, for any listeners out there, like it's very easy to watch because <laughs> if you have like any streaming platform, it's there. It's, it's there because it's pu it's public domain. So, um, it's a very interesting film in many ways. You gonna say hi, yep. Vince? <laughs> yep. Hi, bud. Go play. What's his name? Vince. Vince. Nice. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, that's my Vincent. He. What are you doing, bud? There. Say hi. Nope. Go upstairs and play. Apple? <laughs> yeah, he's got his apple. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's good that's my, good uh, apple. Yeah. Yeah, he he's fun. He he's uh he has autism, so he's he's <laughs> kinda in his own little world. And, oh yeah. And, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean I'm he's welcome to join in the chat. <laughs> um you know, it, it's funny because um Carnival of Souls is something I I really discovered in geez, probably the late eighties, early nineties, when they yeah. started putting those boxes of uh, uh, public domain VHS tapes out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the horrible covers and everything. Yeah. I bought like this big box that had like, I don't know, 15 or 20 movies in it. Yeah. And of course, Night of Living Dead, Carnival of Souls, um, 
White Zombie, all that's in there. But Carnival right. Souls is the one I had never seen at that mm -hmm. point. So this is probably 89 or 90. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is really good. And I'm like, this is way ahead of its time. And, and Oh, very much so, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's an art horror film mm -hmm. from, I can't remember what year. It came so Car yeah, it was, uh, I think it's, was it 62? Yeah, I, I want to so. say 1962, 63. So it's like kind of still got that 50s uh, kind of Americana uh, kind of vibe to it. But it it's definitely, and, and what's very interesting to me at least um, about it is that it's um, very much like a regional horror film, yeah. uh, much like Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it, it was it was it was like pretty much self produced by. Um, pretty much an industrial type of filmmaker, Herc Harvey, who made a bunch of commercials. Apparently, he made this like one industrial film like later on in the eighties, I think, maybe late seventies, with like the hands kind of. I don't know if you've heard of that one, where it's basically just like a uh, what you would call it, like an after-school special almost. Yeah, yeah. Where like a bunch of hands are just getting chopped off <laughs> and it's like very gruesome and bloody <laughs> which i want i want to see that one but yeah it's it's it was it was produced by him and it's it's got like so much atmosphere and just it's very haunting the what he used like that pretty much abandoned coney island type uh place and the the score i think is tremendous i oh yeah the organ score it's so creepy <laughs> well that's like I I, I want to say, and as bad as is, is that people can take this, but the uh, creepy neighbor, yes, yeah, overly, yeah. And, and the 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 uh, I, I'm gonna say this, but the kind of rapey neighbor, the over very very yeah. much so, yeah. And I was like, you know, that's I think that's the creepiest part of the entire movie is just the regular guy. It kind of is, yeah, because that, that lives across the street. Because like. For anybody who's like it, like interested or likes David Lynch, like you could actually very much see kind of where he took from that film because his films are all about kind of the underbelly of Americana, like kind of that that whole like oh it always looks so great you know um, on the surface, but there's a dark side. There's a very dark side to kind of that world and kind of there's like almost like a dreamlike quality to it. That oh, the yeah. film definitely has, because you know, you you've got the the transitions between the the because people say they're zombies, but they're definitely not zombies. No, they're they're no. I, they're ghosts, is what I would say they were. Yeah, um, ghouls. <laughs> yeah, ghouls. But they're that yeah. the, the 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 transitions of when she goes from normal to that ghostly things, the music changes, the yeah. atmosphere changes, mm -hmm. the 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 speed of the film changes. Yeah, everything changes, and it it's very off-putting very incredibly off -putting. yeah and plus like he uses the uh because i think it starts in kansas because he was based out of kansas and then he moved like the film moves to salt lake city mm -hmm. and, and like he uses that at the end where like the the ghosts or ghouls are chasing her like the the way he uses the salt lake as like just just basically as a resource to make it even look more bizarro and creepy it's 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 very yeah it's an amazing film and it it took a while for me to see and i know it's on a criterion uh so i mean i'm sure it's been kind of like 
renovated in that sense. I don't know what copy I watched, but it was it was good still, but it probably wasn't cri- Criterion quality, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because because um, Criterion has touched up all these classic movies that like um, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, I'm rewatching yeah. the Criterion and Night of the Living Dead a while back, and I'm like wow this is yeah. super crisp and clear i was like you, you see stuff that you never saw before oh yeah, yeah. it's incredible it, it, the way it looks is it looks it the criterion print like you or uh copy i should say mm-hmm. uh they really did a great job of that because when i showed it back in may um that's the one we used mm-hmm. um because um i don't think uh the theater i was doing does a uh, film projection mm-hmm. but it, it was it was incredible like it was um yeah, it's it's so crisp and like it almost feels like one of those like neorealists, like Italian neorealists, like kind of like the way it's shot. And I think we talked about that previously. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's so, um, and and funny, funny enough, like uh, I was I was at a shoot in Pittsburgh earlier this month, and like that's you know I was so excited to kind to kind of see all the Romero sites. Um, which like I was very busy when I was there, so I got to see it at, like the very last day. Uh, my girlfriend and I we went to the Evan City Cemetery, uh, which is where the beginning was shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of Night of the Living Dead, and it was like kind of like a pilgrimage. It was like <laughs> it was uh, it, it was very cool to go to because you could look at the pictures where where uh, uh, where Barbara and, and uh, Johnny I guess were, and they were the uh, kind of the gravestones you could kind of find and you can touch you know you're like oh man this is what this is where they were shooting it's it's really cool if you ever get the chance or you or if you've seen it before well i've i've been lucky enough that i've gone over to moroville and we've been to the mall oh wow yeah because uh they used to have uh, uh, uh pittsburgh comic-con used to share the same parking lot so you had the I convention see. center over here yeah. and you had the mall over here so we'd always kind of just walk over at a certain point and go through the mall and then go back. Yeah. Um, I remember taking my one friend over there for the first time and, and I was like, Hey, that's the mall where they filmed Dawn of the Dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, No, it doesn't. It doesn't look the same. Yeah. I was like, go inside. Right. And a lot of stuff's changed, but you still see certain aspects of like he's like, That's the mall. I'm like, That's yeah. what we told you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and I don't I've heard that when I was up there I, because I had limited time, so I was like, should I do the mall or should I do the cemetery? And the, at the time, the dude was like, yeah, I guess the, the cemetery is kind of, uh, I mean, I mean, the mall hasn't, uh, it doesn't look very much the same as it does, no. obviously, because they're shot in the, in the late 70s and stuff. So they're probably not like that brown derby or whatever there is. There, there's there. But it would still be super cool to go to. Yeah. Like, I still want to kind of like trace my. Do a little pilgrimage there as well. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's funny because you look at you look at the the aerial views from the movie, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, if you look at right here, that's the convention center that was built like twenty years later. Yeah, right. Yeah, because <laughs> then the mall was kind of by itself. Now it's surrounded by stuff. Yeah, um, it yeah. was it was still getting developed at the time, yep. and like I remember just watching the kind of behind the scenes of Donna the Dead and Romero was kind of, you know, he was kind of the guy in Pittsburgh. And he knew some people who were kind of in it, like the investors in that mall. So that's kind of where he got the idea in the first place. Cause obviously like Argento, Dario Argento kind of approached him um, after he did uh, Martin, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, 
He's like, you need to make a, a sequel to Living Dead, Night of Living Dead. He's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then he heard that mall idea, and then, you know, there we go. <laughs> well, what's funny is, is that I have both the, uh, every once in a while at the shop, I'll air the Argento cut of oh, Night yeah, of the Dead, right. yeah. or Zombie, and yeah, then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll watch as like, man, you see it because it's zombie is super serious. They take all the comedy yeah. out. Yeah. And, Which uh, I will say you will, but like Argento, like I like Argento, like his, his, his visual style is like awesome. But yeah, I, I, I think Romero kind of has him beat as far as a, as a screenwriter or, or at least like injecting some comedy into yeah. it. Cause uh, yeah, Argento's films are taken like incredibly seriously. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, almost deadly and deadly so <laughs> well I, I i was explaining to somebody a while back because we were talking about argento films and um you know he went from the you know giallo um murder mystery yeah you know and then he went supernatural then he right. went back to the 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 just yeah. the killer guy yeah and, and there's the, there's a newer one on shutter that i have not watched but like one of it like a like a brand new one pretty well, much not a new but a newer one because yeah 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 i haven't seen like I don't, I don't know if i'm enough of a at least not at the moment i i don't think i'm enough of an argento fan to kind of like i'm gonna get into like i'm gonna be a completist for argento i'm kind of more like i like his giallo stuff and uh and uh yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I didn't really get into like the supernatural stuff as much of him. Yeah, see, I'm I'm a big supernatural. I love Suspiria. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Suspiria. Suspiria is like a um, masterpiece for sure. Yeah, yeah. Then, plus the Goblin score is like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I've I've legitimately got the uh, Goblin soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got. I gotta see it. Well, here's. Well, here's oh wow that looks that's amazing <laughs> oh my gosh for zombie yep how those are hard to find are they not or um no these were uh reissues a while back okay and um i jumped on them as soon as they offered them yeah um, we got to <laughs> yeah well this one this one's kind of really neat because this is one of the uh Oh wow! It's like the uh, what you what you would call that, like transparent almost. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. Super. Um, and then this one is the phenomenon is the same. What is it Ooh, very nice. Are, are they good quality too? Yeah, really good quality. They're. Um, yeah, I gotta get my hands on this. <laughs> well. I tend to listen to a lot of vinyl. When yeah. I, um, and it was all because a friend of mine told me, he goes, he goes, I listen to vinyl. He goes, because if you listen to streaming, you tend to lose track of time. You do. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he you, goes, at least vinyl, every so often, you got to get up, walk over, flip the album over. Yeah. And uh, it's the only and thing. Plus the, yeah, you know how long the album is. If it, the album's like forty-four minutes or something, you're like, "Oh, I've been doing this for forty-four minutes." Yep. And <laughs> uh, you can listen on to endlessly. <laughs> there we go. Um, 
Yeah, but I've I've got a I've got oh, I just use for the most part I have a ton of scores, and that's what I usually edit to. Right, yeah. that helps because you know yet again scores are made to be in the background, so I yeah. don't have to. Yeah. while I'm editing. I can be right. Oh, I'm a big score. Like I I listen to scores like probably more than I've listened to like actual music recently. Because <laughs> I don't say like scores aren't actual music. I don't like it. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> crucified or anything, but um. Like absolutely, um, I'm like obsessed with the uh, European scores of you know the 60s and 70s, especially. I mean, Ennio Morricone is kind of like my god, so I can okay. listen to my god just endless amounts of Morricone. <laughs> I have the uh, the thing soundtrack, but it's on CD. Yeah, I mean that's an amazing soundtrack. I mean, regardless, because it doesn't the uh, the CD has I think a few of his like extras because he yeah I know that Carpenter was like uh, Morricone basically just made a score and Carpenter pretty much took the synth stuff and like there's there's a lot of string stuff actually mm-hmm. uh, that I think Tarantino used in like the uh, the Hateful Eight yeah um, yeah at, at least some some part of it I believe that's yeah. right yeah. The, uh, it's amazing. I mean, he's 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 the uh, he's the maestro in my mind. <laughs> I don't know if anybody beats him. <laughs> well, we we joke around because we were. Um, uh, I want the Dune soundtrack, but we make fun of Hans Zimmer because it's like, man, it just blows your eardrums. I was like, Bwah! yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like the route he ended up going down, which is interesting because, like, you look at some of his earlier scores are not so much like that. It's kind of yeah. like when he got into like the Nolan stuff or like. but uh yeah i mean i like zimmer but and like john williams like obviously i like all those greats like uh um bernard herman and stuff i mean bernard bernard herman to me is like kind of like the american master um but marconi i mean and then you got like louise i I feel like i mispronounce his name all the time but baklov who's pretty much like if they couldn't get Morricone, they got him. <laughs> so he did like the Django score. He did uh, uh, the Grand Duel. He, he kind of did like kind of. I don't like because I feel like I'm disparaging him, but he kind of did like Morricone ripoffs a little bit. But they're really good. They're really oh, yeah. good ripoffs. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. There, there's, I keep buying uh, vinyl, which I actually had to take a break from because I just bought a big collection. Right, and, and now I'm like, eh, maybe I should wait before I buy more. Like, yeah, <laughs> hundred more albums. Yeah, having listened to, and my wife's like, maybe you should take a break. Yeah, maybe you should like listen to them first. <laughs> like, ooh, Christine. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the action. Ooh, True Romance. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who did the Who did the score for True Romance? True to Romance is well. This or is, is it just soundtrack album? Soundtrack is well, Hans Zimmer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> there you go. There's the yeah. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. You got all the kind of the regular. Oh, Soundgarden. Forgot yeah. they're in there. <laughs> and then, uh, well, there's there's the lineup. Of, I don't know if you can see the. Yeah, I can kind of. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, uh, you're so cool, Hans Zimmer, uh, Graceland, Charlie Sexton. Uh, in Dreams, John Waite. Uh, oh, yeah. Wounded Bird, Charlie and Eddie. Uh, I Want Your Body, Nymphomania. <laughs> Star, Stars at Dawn, Hans yeah. Zimmer. Uh, I Need the Heart to Come from... Uh, 
I need a heart to come home to by <laughs> Shelby Lynn. Good old Shelby Lynn. <laughs> um, is a tender trap by Robert Palmer. Yeah, outshine by Soundgarden. Yeah, we uh, got to throw that. In. That was that was very popular at the time. Yeah, <laughs> and then amid the the, uh, chaos on the day, Hans Zimmer and yeah. Two Hearts by Chris Isaac. And uh, I think it's funny that Aerosmith is prominently played in the movie, but not. And they're not on a. They're not a. Yeah, that I've always found that like interesting. Like sometimes you buy a soundtrack album, and uh, like one of the favorite songs you have on there isn't even on there. You're like, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, could they just like not get the rights to play it on the soundtrack album? I have no idea. Well, like, maybe the, the, I know that there's there's different different rules for different things because um, we always used to joke around because. Um, Cruel Intention, not Cruel Intentions, um, oh my god, the Stepford Kids, um, uh, Disturbing Behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You always had a flagpole sitter, that paranoia, you know, everybody's coming again. Song does not appear in the movie. Yeah. It's only in the (laughs) the, (laughs) the trailer and uh, not on the soundtrack. Yeah, and I'm like, like we wish it was in the movie. (laughs) But uh, this this is the one I I am. Oh, Blade Runner. There you go. I mean, that's a that's just one of those scores, man. (laughs) And um, I bought a friend's collection, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna suck because most of this stuff's gonna go my own personal collection. Yeah. (laughs) So you you sell a bunch of uh, you sell a bunch of records at your shop too. Um, when I get them. Yeah. Um, they 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 come few and far between, and then when they sell, I I don't get them as fast as I they sell out. So right, I mean they're like those soundtrack. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for soundtrack albums. Uh, I mean, at least I was at the time. I was getting like a lot. Like I got the because uh, they just like re-released them. Sometimes they got they had like the big gun down or uh, you know just just some stuff you would never think they would release on vinyl, and it's just. It's well, not good for a collector's uh, kind of <laughs> mindset or wallet. Cleopatra Jones. Soundtrack. Oh man, look at that! That's an amazing uh, cover, by the way. <laughs> I've got, I, but the thing is, yeah. I've got, I got Shaft and Superfly, and that's on original. Oh my vinyl. god, yeah, so, on original, yeah. yeah. Those, those those soundtracks are unbeatable. I mean, the I I love Superflies. Like I love uh, Freddy's Dead. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this oh is, yeah, this is great. The, uh, the whole soundtrack. Find awesome. that real quick, but it's like wall to wall awesome. Oh man, they, they just they put out those awesome soundtracks. Yeah, and you know that was back when soundtracks would you know go, you know platinum. Go the, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, like, like Shaft, shoot yeah, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, no, Isaac Cage is awesome. <laughs> yeah, from freaking South Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he escaped from New York, right? Yep. Yeah, he's. Uh, what does he say? What does What does Donald Pleasant say at the end? I forget. Uh, I know. He, I know. He calls. He's like freaks out. He's like, "Nuka New York, ain't number one." Yeah. yeah, something like that. It's it's hilarious. Like Donald Pleasant is one of those guys. Is just like, he is so much fun. Like I, he, he's amazing. We talk about. Escape from New York. The funny thing about it is, I love the fact that they made up a backstory of why the president of the United States was English. Oh, I know. They they dumped (laughs) it. They they dumped it. Yeah, like John Carpenter made a whole thing where, like, oh, we actually went back to like the revolutionary, something like that. Yeah, and then they're just like, nah, just just, just try to do it. America. Who cares? It's not pleasant. Everybody acknowledges it. Yeah, 
he's he's I would I mean I love Donald Plus, but I don't know if I'd vote for him as president. <laughs> the guy's a madman. <laughs> I was I just rewatched what the Monster Makers or the Freak Makers a while back. Oh man, I don't think I've seen that one. Actually. Oh, it it was on it's on Shutter. It's uh oh, yeah. um, it's it's that weird time between when he was really hot and before yeah. Halloween dropped. Oh, uh, so like kind of like Will Penny, your, your era kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and and the the other villain in the movie is a monster. He's this deformed character, and it's Tom Baker who would later go on. Really? To be, wow. Yeah, Doctor Who, pre Doctor yeah. Who, Tom Baker. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's one of the ones that, that I didn't know about. It was on uh, sh- um, like the last drive-in. And yeah. I was trying to get caught up on the last drive-in. And I watched it and I was like, wow. This is- <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> it's just like I love, I love kind of like, I feel like this is sort of a lost art. If, at least for, for some, for some actors. Some actors still kind of maintain this. But kind of this the hammy acting. I, I feel like hammy acting is so underrated nowadays. Where when people see it, they're like, oh, that's just that's just that's just silly. Like for instance, uh, the Raven with Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Like, he is having like the time of his life. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, he loves torture. He, he he can't get enough, and he'll let you know it the entire time. <laughs> Well, I th- I think the 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 actor right now that I think can still play Hammy, and he was great in uh, um, um, Birds of Prey was Ewan McGregor playing Black. Yeah, Man. yeah. You know what? He actually can pull it off. Um, and I mean, of course, you have people like Nicolas Cage who kind of still are in that mode mm-hmm. of kind of. I mean, he can he can downplay too, but he, he definitely likes kind of he he respects. I feel that kind of Hammier more theatrical acting like i was watching before this uh mad love of peter laurie and peter laurie is just one of those great hammy guys because first of all he's he's got those bug eyes he's amazing and uh he just looks incredible he sounds incredible it's just see they just don't make actors like that anymore i don't want to like bemoan the old days but they just don't (laughs) him in in the the black cat yeah, uh, Tales of Terror. Yeah, Tales yeah. of Terror. Yeah, yeah. where the, the Black Cat segment, and he's just oh, yeah. <laughs> plays it over the top, and yeah, it's it's worked so well. You gotta oh, get, yeah. Then you got Vincent Price too at the same time. So. Oh my, I love the House on Haunted Hill back there. So I love William Castle, and I love uh, you know Vincent Price, of course. I mean, he's just such a like an icon kind of of like this season too you know like when, whenever you like think of halloween or like you know kind of like more gothic horror like he's just the man you know like he just had this like voice and he was american but he sounded like very i don't know he almost sounded like of a different time you know yeah, he, he 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 making brit making movies for hammer and doing the british yeah he, he fit perfectly in you would never yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know that the, the Corman American. pictures between the Hammer pictures, really. Like, I feel like when I watch, like, a Hammer film, I feel like I'm watching, like, a Corman film half the time. Because they just kind of have that, like, kind of, like, same aesthetic, same, like, look. Like, kind of the, the vibrant colors and, uh, like, the blood is always super red. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. like, the most red. And, uh, yeah, I love the Hammer stuff. Like, the, the Christopher Lee, the... Um, 
And I think that um, uh, Peter Cushing is just amazing as both uh, Van Helsing and um, Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, <laughs> he's easily the best, both of those characters, I think, because he's just like so out there. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, we had a thing, was it last year on Halloween or something like that? I go, um, yeah. I, I, you know, was it, um, you know, a, some strong opinion. I was like, I believe Christopher Lee's better uh, Dracula than Bella Gossi. Oh, yeah. Fair. Freaked That's out. Fair. I'm like, the thing is, Bella Gossi only was only Dracula twice. Right. In movies, we did, you know, stage plays. I was like, Christopher yeah. Lee did Dracula a lot. <laughs> he did do it a lot. And it's honestly hard for me because. I feel like Bela Lugosi's legacy of Dra- for Dracula is just it's sort of unmatched in a way because like he he definitely created popular culture's idea mm-hmm. of Dracula. Like even if you go to you know everybody does the Widow's Peak and, and kind of like the cape and the medallion and, and all that stuff. That's all like very much kind of like his creation. But I will kind of agree with you where I think Christopher Lee is just he's a very vicious kind of like scary dracula where he he's a lot more intimidating like if you watch the old 1931 dracula like no i like obviously it's a classic and mm-hmm. i'm not disparaging it at all and i grew up with that one like that's the one i watched first probably but um when you watch like the hammer one is really no comparison i mean the horror of dracula is so much better than the universal one <laughs> well I'm also I'm also one of the people that I really like the Spanish language Dracula that they filmed. See, I actually haven't seen that one, and I I need to because I've heard that one's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny knowing full well they filmed it on the same sets at night. Yeah, with all Spanish language. And don't get me wrong, Dracula looks a little weird, but <laughs> you um, get past that. No, no offense against the guy, but he's yeah. definitely not the part for Dracula. Right, but um when they brought i hate this is another one when they brought the uh, um the spanish-speaking ladies to the set uh-huh. for the brides of dracula far more attractive yeah than- <laughs> <laughs> i can believe that i mean i i definitely got because i think they have both it's on, on the now. same i know if, if you buy the the um the collection uh, the dracula collection yeah the the dvd yeah. uh and then the the um the blu-ray has it on there yeah, and then the DVD box set that had all the Dracula, sure, uh, yeah. Universal movies. It's yeah. on there too. Yeah, yeah. I I, de- I think I, I definitely have one of those. Like cause I got that when I was a kid. Like we were they were at like Target or something. It was just kind of the like the, it had Bella Gossi on the cover. They had the Frankenstein one, the Wolfman, like Visible Man, the Mummy. Those basically all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And and like I do have a love for kind of the Universal monster movies. I mean they they are kind of just that. I feel like they kind of like they almost introduce you to kind of like what like kind of just the horror genre because well, I, I feel like that's just kind of what you first watch you know like it's just one of those things. I, I heard the best explanation to Universal monsters was it's horror one hundred and one. Yes, yes, it, yeah. it is. It is the introduction to so many people, and um, I went back this year and and I've been rewatching the Universal and Hammer movies a lot lately. Oh yeah, and the ones that I I didn't really watch a lot of, so I'm rewatching, um, um, you know the the Invisible Man. I'm rewatching mm-hmm. uh, Invisible Man's really Dracula. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> those were great. Um, yeah. the later Mummy movies. Yeah. Um, 
not necessarily the best, but what they did with them was was really surprising. Um, yeah, right. Um, I can't remember which one it is, um, but they legitimately go through and take the eyes out of every frame. Really? So the mummy's eyes, when he turns around, are just empty sockets. Oh, it's just empty sockets. That's, that's yeah. actually a really cool effect, especially for, like, back then. Like, what they did with the Invisible Man, too, like, when he did that whole... yeah. An unraveling of his of his revealing he's the invisible man. Like I, I, I mean, I'm sure I I just haven't done the research, but I just, I don't really know how they did that. I mean, like especially with kind of like the technology that they had at the time and, and kind of like the the film stock and lenses they were working with. Like I have no idea. Well, but you know, I know one of them is is legitimately they have the guy's hands and then they got a, a head and they're unwrapping it. Yeah. And you know, but like when he's running down the street and he's pulling off his clothes and stuff like that, yeah, oh yeah, it's like this is crazy. I mean, I you, know. you know, a low budget guy couldn't do that now. No, no, you, I, I mean, if, if you told me I had to do that right now, I would not know how to do it. And I have much more technology at my disposal. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not even a huge production company like they were, like Universal Studio. I mean, I have more amazing. more technology here. <laughs> make a movie Seriously. than they had in everything and uh i still can't edit out people you know, like, no 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 of course not but i mean it's i feel like you have to have i think like i've heard it said before it's like gateway horror you know mm -hmm. it's like kind of like what introduces you and i feel like you almost have to have just such a level of reverence and respect for those you know because yep. it's just they invented popular culture's idea of frankenstein dracula Wolfman, uh, invisible, like all those things that we just take for granted now. Like we just think, are oh, it's commonplace. Like this is how Frankenstein looks. That's not how Frankenstein. No, Frankenstein's nothing <laughs> like that in the book. And no. I remember the I read, but I remember you know I grew up on the Frankenstein, Dracula, stuff like that. And then I wasn't until I want to say junior high, maybe freshman year in high school, I actually sat down and read Frankenstein. Right, and I'm like, wow, this is way different <laughs> it's totally different <laughs> i mean because he's he's literate and he's uh, yeah. uh you know he's he's not he's much more human yeah than than, than um than the film mm -hmm. or at least the universal films like he and even the hammer thing took that like they, they they pretty much ran with that like the christopher lee uh you know uh frankenstein movie um is it the curse of frankenstein i can't remember it's some title like that. Was, I thought it was like House of Frankenstein or something. Maybe something like that. I think there's definitely one called. But yeah, the one with Christopher Lee and uh, pretty Peter Cushing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, these they still kind of like play off that Boris Karloff kind of you know uh, brainless kind of monster that's kind of wandering around. That he's green. He's got bolts. <laughs> so I mean, they they definitely still took that uh, kind of look aesthetic and the whole. Yeah, just the whole thing and the the uh, I, what I really like about the the hammer one in particular is that they they kind of ran with the idea that uh, Doctor Frankenstein was always the villain, <laughs> like in Bride of Frankenstein and in, in every single one. The is it Colin Clyde? Like he he was definitely the villain, like and he always got away scot free. <laughs> You're like, dude, somebody punished this man. Because he is the monster. Oh, yeah. But, oh, my God. He's horrible. <laughs> Peter Cushing got away, but he'd always get his comeuppance. At the yeah, end. Right. So, yeah. 
Uh, well, you kind of like you kind of relished in his villainous uh, kind of antics, you know. <laughs> he was well, kind of funny when he was doing it. What was it? There, there, there's the little thing on on um, that uh, David Harbor does. Uh, Frankenstein's monsters monster. Oh yeah, and it's it's <laughs> it's told that you know, hey, Frankenstein, the uh, Doctor Frankenstein's the monster, not yeah. not the monster is not the monster. Frankenstein's the monster. Oh well, totally. Like one hundred percent, he's like Doctor Frankenstein, and that's even the intention of the book. You know, if you mm-hmm. like read into the book, it's it's definitely that he's kind of the monster. You know, playing God is you know kind of dangerous. You know, like <laughs> and you got to live with that. You know, so yeah. it's very interesting stuff. Which is YouTube, and some of the videos are nice and quiet, and other ones yeah. are super loud. That's just the volume quality of YouTube. It's like one video will be you know average to moderate and then you turn on one video it's like all the way up here it's like geez <laughs> well i i had to go through and I, I film everything the same way i use the same yeah. mic the same camera mm-hmm. everything um almost the same distance with my mic to to me when i film the other shows uh, yeah the volume when i transfer it over and i don't know what it is my interview shows the volume's fine yeah on my uh, other shows, I have to turn the volume way up. Really? Yeah, That's like legitimately. Yeah. When I get done with this one, I might have to tweak the volume just a tad bit. Yeah. Um, I have to go from a hundred percent to almost three hundred percent. Damn. Be- and and I don't know why. And it's legitimately exact same setup, pretty much. Yeah. Well, sound sound just sound is such a fickle thing. Like I, I like that's that I've learned that of my filmmaking is like sound is something you do not want to like kind of like skip over because it, it could be the difference between like a bad movie quality and a good movie quality. I, I was just watching a movie the other day and this was a high quality movie and there's, there's yeah. a part of the movie where the sound is awful yeah and the you like the people are, are talking and you can barely hear them and you cannot make and um as i've gotten older my hearing is not the best anyways yeah I tend to watch stuff with subtitles when my son got me watching it. Right. So I'm legitimately going, oh, that's what she said. Yeah, right. I mean, subtitles, I mean, I know my brother's like big into that. My older brother, he, he always turns subtitles on. And I, like, I would like, I would, whenever I like kind of watch something, the subtitles are, I'm like, oh, he he must watch TV. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, uh, and then I was, I turned it off, but maybe one day I'll be, I'll kind of be the subtitle guy (laughs) because, You do understand stuff a little more. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> um, and it was it was purely co- uh, accidental. Like I said, my son, he likes everything kind of quiet, mm-hmm. and he would always turn it on, and I just stopped turning it off, and right, then yeah. I got to where I was just like watching <laughs> you it. Got accustomed like, to it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that for sure. It's 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 kind of nice because like especially if you watch like a an English film or something like a Brit from from England or Britain or UK, it's sometimes it's hard to understand them. <laughs> so it's nice to just turn that on and uh, you know be able to clearly say see what they're saying. <laughs> well, that, that's if that's if the subtitles actually catches it. I was watching one a couple days ago, and it was legitimately wrong because all it was doing was was getting close to what they were saying. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that definitely happens from time to time, especially if it's not, like, actually synced with the film. Yeah. It's just, like, kind of guessing <laughs> what they're saying. So, yeah, and they definitely got some different lingo, too, so. 
you got to kind of adjust. So well, going back to your list, though, yeah. um, have you, other than uh, um, Carnival Souls, have you found any other movies that you missed? Oh, man, I'm trying to think back at like some some of the newer things I watched. So I did watch the uh, the Werner Herzog uh, version of Nosferatu because I was kind of doing a, a Dracula week. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of ranking like I was pretty much taking five films. Obviously, there's been more yeah. Dracula films made. But out of like the, the I took like five, like not like any sequels or anything, just straight up the narrative of Dracula films, like the very first one in the series or whatever. So I got to the Nosferatu, uh, the Werner Herzog one. And I mean, ju- I've, I'm a huge fan of Werner Herzog. So, I mean, him doing Nosferatu was very compelling to me. It just took me a while to kind of get around to it. And yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean, who's a better fit for filling in the shoes of Max Schreck than Klaus Kinski. I mean, the guy is... And first of all, they barely had to put any makeup on him because he's just he just looks a certain way already. And all you gotta do is shave his head and paint him white, you know? <laughs> he we, had the, great. we had the Warner Herzog-Klaus Kinski discussion a while back. It's like, how would you like to be the two guys who despised each other? Yeah, right. <laughs> make movies together because yeah. they, knew that they were both going to make good movies, even though they yeah. both hated each other. Yeah, it's it's amazing like how much, especially you watch his documentary My Best Fiend, how much they really like it was adversarial, like just butting heads constantly. And he, of course, both were kind of mad, you know, <laughs> like Klaus a little more so. I, I think Werner Herzog at a you know a, 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 you know older age, he's kind of gotten a little more little more calm but i think when he's younger he's definitely just i'm doing i'm making this film you know i don't care if i have to drag a whole boat across a mountain <laughs> like i'm making this film and the amazon like he was just he was just crazy so like those two it's great to watch but i'm sure what it was was hell on set i can i can only imagine you know it's like we have the also the discussion is like how would you no one I, ever in my life did i think Werner herzog would be in a star wars related no, right. I was like, yeah. I have, I have the figure somewhere. Yeah. I have. <laughs> well, I want it because I'm like, I need a figure of Werner Herzog, you know. <laughs> That's where I'm. All right, but you, you know, we we have. It's funny because my son, um, my well, my older sons, mm-hmm. um, is big into film and he likes learning about stuff and and yeah, we have the the discussion about Werner Herzog and and Klaus Kinski and and I was like, the fact that they made, uh, um. Fritz Carlotto. There's yeah. like, and they actually did drag a boat up. Oh, I the- know. Yeah. <laughs> with, with like real, like native workers, too. Like, yeah. All, like, what's really interesting about his, especially his take on, um, on Nosferatu is that you definitely see the Werner Herzog angle there because he's very into anthropology mm-hmm. uh, and like all of his films. And it's the first like Dracula slash Nosferatu movie that i've seen that actually the kind of like the romanian gypsies kind of actually are romanian gypsies and they're you know like he's actually like kind of like investigating their culture while also kind of making a straight up uh, genre film you mm-hmm. know because he he wasn't you know i wouldn't call Werner Herzog a genre filmmaker necessarily no. but uh <laughs> he kind of he kind of transcends that um but he um his Nosferatu is excellent. 
uh, of course, like the score and uh, Klaus. I mean, and just kind of like the way he uses like all the rats. It's just like he. I wouldn't want to be on one of his films because I I hate I hate mice. I hate rats. So I mean, that film would have been like brutal for me because they're just all over the place. They're just uh and and it, it was pretty much like his dedication to kind of F.W. Marnow and kind of like German cinema. There's this really good thing on YouTube. YouTube's such a great like treasure trove of stuff. Oh yeah. But there's this excellent like almost like it's almost an hour long featurette of him making Nosferatu in 79. And it's just basically talking about him and kind of like the new German cinema and kind of this is his ode to old German cinema which he felt kind of like died after World War II and uh he said he's like, oh, I grew up in a fatherless country, uh, and like my father is pretty much F.W. Marnau of you know the German cinema. So it's it's really interesting. It's really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean Nosferatu, of course. Uh, I don't know if you've saw, but uh, Robert Eggers is actually yep. I think pretty much confirms to make uh, his version. So I I'm very interested to see that because you know we'll go from pretty much three pretty you know, great filmmakers, <laughs> uh, you know, t- having their take on the, on the story. And of course, like, I think Marnau is kind of like, I, I, I hate making big claims like this, but Marnau is maybe like the father of horror. If, if, you know, you really kind of like, at least if you really trace it back, you know, because he did, Marnau did Faust. He did yeah, um, Faust. Nosferatu and M. Yeah, or that, that Fritz Lang. Fritz, Lang, Fritz did Lang did him. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I I'm drawing a blank on uh, um the doc the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. I I don't believe I don't believe that was Marnell. That's not him. But yeah, it's, but it's it's that the German kind of like German goth. gothic uh mm-hmm. kind of that uh German uh, expressionism mm-hmm. is kind of like the foundation for for horror. Yeah. You know, um, for sure. And, I, and I'm a sucker for Shadow of the Vampire. With I want to watch that so bad because, like, I, I haven't not seen it yet, and it seems like such a like a cool movie. <laughs> it's kind of like the fact that Max Shrek was always a vampire. The whole right, time. yeah, <laughs> which is which is like a, definitely a cool like little like urban legend. Because uh, the guy, I mean, still to this day, that that makeup is just so great, like yeah. an iconic, and nobody's ever. You know how like Dracula's look changes all the time, mm-hmm. like. But when anybody does Nosferatu, they don't change a single thing because like it's perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. I I went back and rewatched Nosferatu a while back yeah. yet again when it was on Last Drive In because they did both of them. They did the original right. and then they did the the uh, um, Orner Herzog version. Yeah. And I'm watching that again for I don't know the first time about five years. Yeah. And I'm just like, <sighs> did they? They did not have that good of makeup back then. No, no, it's like the like infancy of everything. Yeah, really. <laughs> and uh, you know, because you look at the the um, um, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde makeup. You yeah. look at the Frankenstein's monster makeup, the Edison, yeah. you know, and you're like, that's you know, you could tell. Obviously, right. it's just, you know, it's before Lon Chaney. Yeah, or, or like kind of like around the same. That's time. yeah, it's around Lon Chaney because yeah. Lon Chaney was still putting out like um, you know was doing Unholy Three and, and right, uh, yeah, the, the the um, and and you're just you're going back and, and you know you did Phantom and and um, 
Hunchback. Hunchback, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Phantom, it's like knowing full well that they that he's just got strings holding his nose up, going yeah. back. And now, you know, we've got the really good, you know, crisp, clear version. Sure, yeah. Trying to see the. Yeah, we don't want to see the crisp clear. <laughs> I, I tell me, tell me this. This is where I'm at on um, on my monster movies, and especially Godzilla movies. Yeah. Um, I stopped at DVD on my Godzilla movies. Yeah. And my fr- I do have someone on Blu-ray. Yeah. I I only watched the ones on DVD. I was like, and they're like, why? And I was like, because they're not as crisp and clear. You don't yeah. see the strings. You, you some don't films see- it doesn't help. Like yeah. some films, like it, honestly, they were working in a medium where they knew I can get away with this because it's not going to pick this up on this yeah. film stock, or it's not going to pick this up on whatever they were shooting on. So I mean, they didn't want it HD. They no. <laughs> wanted like high definition. They were working in a certain medium that, you know, they could get away with certain things. So, I mean, uh, absolutely. I, I would stop. I mean, those those Godzilla movies, like, like what what always, like, obviously, you could say it's about a lot of horror movies. Like, what's, what is very sad is, like, and, you know, I hope that younger generations come to realize this, is that, like, yeah, they could be laughable at times, but, like, there's something so, like, charming about all of those types of movies where like somebody's just in a suit ruining a fake you know tokyo like that's just so much more fun yeah. for me at least than like some cgi bah, 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 like fest where it's just like oh my god like okay a computer programmer is behind a behind his computer and just you know there's just there's just nothing tactile or physical about it it's just they bore me uh, frankly, like, the, like kind of like the just like nonstop CGI fights. Like, uh, you know, I, I that used to excite me. I guess when I was like kind of a kid and stuff like that. Like, I used to like with the Peter Jackson, which I like that movie, uh, King Kong. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like, I much, I much prefer the, uh, you know, just the original because like it's just that just seeing that kind of like puppet and it's just so much more fun. I don't know, at least for me. Well, <sighs> Do do I believe there? There's what I call the popcorn, the big budget movies and stuff yeah. like that. And CGI and them, I get it's fine. I mm. kind of, you know, I accept. It. I'm a Marvel fan, so I love my Marvel yeah. movies, and and I go back and watch those. And I get it, it's all CGI. Going back and watching them walk around in the big suit, yeah, to, right. to, yeah, to do the CGI on. It's whatever. But yeah. when you get below a certain budget, I believe that the ratio to, okay, you're spending X amount on CGI, the quality is down here. But yeah. that quality on, on, on practical effects still stays the same. Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, there's almost always somebody in there that can do it a decent job for a relatively cheap price. Yeah. Because there's always people learning. And yeah, of course. And steps, and it can, you know, you're always going to have new people in the, in the thing, so. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I don't want to, like, diverge too much in the CGI and stuff, but um, I almost feel like CGI is getting, like, worse. I don't know. Backtracking, like, I, it is. It's, it's backtracking. I've heard that, like, there's there's some films where 
you watch from maybe like a decade ago and the CGI looks pretty great. And then there's like the most recent, you know, like that, like one she Hulk show. Like I felt like the CGI was just not good. <laughs> I think the CG, I think when it comes down to she Hulk, it comes down to the fact is, is that it is a TV show. Yeah. And they even make fun of it, how expensive it is to CGI right. her every time. Right. That's probably it. But and it's, you know, it's, it's they have, they, they have a girl on set and she's a big, tall, muscular right. woman. And yeah. they just CGI uh, um, her face onto the, the stand-in. And I'm like, okay, well, that that works. But, you know, it's still, you know, I, I went back and uh, we had the discussion about the, you know, Jurassic Park in 93. It looks uh, great. That, it looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what was the same, the movie that came out a few years later, the the Godzilla movie yeah. was looked bad. Was it like the Roland Emmerich one? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and somebody pointed out, they're like, the, the new Matrix movie that came out last year yeah. didn't look as good as the movie that came out in 99. I know. It's so weird. I it, 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 I feel like it's definitely backtracking in a way. And I, I don't, I think it's, um I don't want to say, I, I almost want to say early in those early days, I feel like CGI had something to prove maybe or yeah, like, I think it was like more passion behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, let's see how far we can take this. Let's see what we can achieve with CGI. And, and I feel like the wonder of CGI is gone now mm -hmm. for uh, viewers. Like I, I watch, I, I watch, you know, like you said, like one of the bigger, like Marvel releases and like those big CGI fights are like, I should be amazed by those. I should be like, Oh my God. But for some reason, I'm not. I'm almost like desensitized to it, where it's like, I don't, you know, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> well, we we laugh because uh, somebody tried to give me crap a while back, and they're like, oh, you're just mad because I I, I don't much care for the um, the Joker movie. I just I right, yeah, no, I I'm totally with you there. it's yeah. the Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, it Rip was. Yeah. Um, but you know. I was sitting there doing that, and they go, "Oh, well, you're just a, a Marvel guy, and so you're gonna love, you know, Endgame is is, is the it'd be all end all." And I'm like, sure. "No, I was like, yeah. literally, my two favorite comic book movies, my favorite Marvel straight Marvel movie is uh, Winter Soldier." Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, that one's probably one of the more like self-contained. Yeah, it's, like, it's really grounded for the most yeah. part. It's, it's a spy thriller for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then, and then the other one's Logan. The well, last, I love Logan. Yeah, yeah. and yet again, not huge amount of special effects. Not no. a huge amount. You know, it's kind of like a sci-fi western type yeah. deal. It's it, really it, good. It's definitely good. the the uh, what the Unforgiven of the uh, of the yeah of the kind of like the Marvel. Movies. Yeah, he's for the, sure. He's the old gunfighter who's going yeah. out one last time. <laughs> yeah, it's Don't good stuff. He's not coming back. So, oh yeah. Plus, they play Johnny Cash at the end. You know, <laughs> it, it's definitely got that. Uh, it's got that whole, and they even they even play Shane. You know, like mm -hmm. in the movie. So it's definitely drawing back to kind of that. You know that that narrative of the gun, the reformed gunfighter who's trying to live a straight path, and you know who can't because he's <laughs> he is who he is. Nope. <laughs> And I, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm. Uh, I went and seen the the blacks uh, Black Adam movie 
a couple days ago and everybody's like, oh, I hear it. I'm like, it's a popcorn movie. I went in yeah, full well sure. popcorn movie. I don't, I'm not going to go in looking for a work of art. If I want to yeah. do that. There's a ton of movies online that I'd be watching before I'd watch this one. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, 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 there's always, so <laughs> I'm starting, I'm, I'm kind of in the under belief that like I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day. I was like, I don't really like the term artsy movie, mm. you know, like, cause to me, all films are arts. Mm-hmm. Like, I to me, Black Adam is art, uh, and then uh, Martin Scorsese is art. You know, mm-hmm. they're all arts. Yeah, but there's high and low arts. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, I don't believe in the term like arts artsy necessarily because I'm like, well, there's just films that just have more of a of a stamp on it. There's mm-hmm. there's films that have more of a personality. There's films that have more of a of an auteur's eye it has more of an auteur's vision whereas the black adam has really no auteur to speak of i haven't seen it but i'm just assuming it's a, it's, it's a rock it's, movie it's a yeah, dwayne johnson yeah. rock movie yeah. yeah it's the dwayne the rock johnson movie for that's a movie for like if you don't like i'm, I'm starting to i'm getting to a point where i'm not getting frustrated anymore <laughs> by these types of it i'm just like listen those are for people who want to go see it i i'm perfectly fine people want to go see it like is it a movie for me? No, but like I don't. It's 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 those films have the right to exist just as much as a small scale film mm-hmm. has the right to exist. I'm I'm more of a like you know film fat like I kind of like those you know kind of the more like I said auteur driven kind of like lower uh, lower budgeted mm-hmm. kind of more like character character pieces or or stuff like that. I, I that's kind of like more where where my mind is as a filmmaker as well. But, you know, um, like, if you think about it, I mean, some of our favorite films were absolutely popcorn movies. I mean, they're, like, my, one of my favorite films is Jaws. Just because, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, like, to me, Jaws is everything Hollywood has ever done right. And what does best is in that movie. It's pure entertainment. Yep. But it also has character. It also has that USS Indianapolis scene that is is not in movies today. Like that, that's what's that's what I think is the main issue. I would be completely fine if like there's there's a USS like the equivalent of a USS Indianapolis film stuck in one of those kind of like Black Adam movies. I guess yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, that film is just that that scene. I think is really I think. I don't want to put something on one single scene, but that scene turned Jaws from like a movie into the greatest movie. You know what I mean? I, it at least for me. Like I, I don't know. I may be just rambling, but I think there's there's something to be said about just like that that film because it has that scene and it has characters like Quint. It has characters like Brody and and just characters that you like really care about and you can get behind. And I think like some films are just lacking that today. I don't know. When it comes to, to movies, you know, I I'm, it's all about what I feel like watching that day. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have, I have a friend who will never, anything's got subtitles. He's out. It's yeah. whatever. Um, and one day he would come in and me and my son were watching uh stalker. Yeah, yeah. And and he just kind of like 
what are you watching? I was like, I was like, yeah. I know you're not gonna watch this. It's it's right. It's got subtitles. It's yeah. <laughs> a sci-fi movie where nothing really happens. Right. And I was like, it's all character driven. I was like, it's it's super. I don't. I mean, I know it's, it's very not budget, but it is like, yeah. It, yeah. It's well, yeah. It's uh, it looks like nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's probably why he was like so drawn to it because like I feel like. I just, when I first heard of soccer, like, I remember just, like, watching a YouTube clip or something, and, like, the, the just, like, a couple of seconds of the film was playing, and I was like, that looks like nothing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just the way it's shot. And yeah. It just, it, and all that, a lot of those Soviet movies from that time, like, especially Tarkovsky, but there's this film called, um, and we can get it into this, like, kind of, like, horror movies that aren't really horror movies, but are actually terrifying <laughs> oh, yeah. is uh is a uh, i don't know if you've heard of it or seen it but uh come and see um it's a uh it's a soviet film made in the 80s and uh it's it takes place during world war ii and it's basically about a soviet child who kind of like leaves home to join the resistance fighters but my god like if after this like if you just want to like look up like images of it it's it's one of the most like harrowing, horrific movies you'll ever see in your life, and it's just the way it's presented. It's just it's incredibly dreamlike, a lot like Stalker. It's if you like Stalker, come and see. Should be on your list because it, it's incredibly shocking. <laughs> like it, it, like if you think like Hollywood does not touch like Schindler's List, it does not even touch what Come and See does. It's so horrific. It's but it's just the way it's presented that is the most horrific, I'd say. Check that out. Well, yeah. the one that I, I think that is never presented as a horror movie, and it's almost presented like a, uh, um, I don't know what, what's, it's Threads. The British. Uh, yes, post- I've heard of, I've, I have not seen Threads, but like I've heard it's, if you like, like I've, I've, because I'm a big fan of Come and See, but like if you like Come and See, you'll like Threads. So. <laughs> So like vice versa. I'll watch yeah. Threads. You watch Come and See. Yeah, that's what but <laughs> yeah. yeah, Threads is 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 you know a, a nuclear attack and it's yeah. it jumps and it's the the you know people falling apart and it just sort of ends the way it ends and you're just like yeah like holy shit <laughs> what's, yeah what's going to happen with this you know and, right. and I I remember watching it as a kid and didn't get it. And then, yeah. it, then all of a sudden, it appeared. I think on Shutter, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I want to rewatch this." And I rewatched it. And I'm like, "Wow, that's yeah. uh, that is a work that that would." And it's it's listed, I think, one of the top ten disturbing movies. That's not a horror movie. I think it's right. right up there. And th- you know that's so funny because like I feel like some of the most disturbing films I've seen are not horror movies, uh, it, which is kind of weird because there's this there's this there's this film called. Um, elephant which is uh it was a gus van sant film it's basically about the combine shooting yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but it um the way it kind of like the way the camera's moving like you feel like the the shooting can start any minute and like he does that so well where you basically just follow like maybe girls into the cafeteria mm-hmm. and they're just having everyday conversation you're following them for so long you're like, okay, something is going to happen. Like he's playing with how you think of movies. Because mm-hmm. when you, of course, like when you see somebody followed for a really long time, you think, 
oh shit, something's gonna bad's gonna happen. And then he fucks with you and he goes to something else. Yep. And then and then like just like the way he shows kind of like his version of the Columbine shooters is is very disturbing and it's unsettling. And like I I felt worse after that movie than I have watching, you know, something that was purposely trying to scare me. <laughs> like it, it just disturbed the hell out of me. And uh, you know, it's 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 very and um I saw that you had a uh, Daniel Robach on your show. Yeah. And uh he, he was in a film called River's Edge. Yeah. Um yeah. with Keanu Reeves. Yep. And that film uh, it's disturbing as hell because he he like like it's such an interesting movie that movie first of all <laughs> that movie is not talked about enough but he's great in it uh crispin glover's insane in it and dennis hopper's so weird in it it's just like one of the weirdest movies you'll ever see but it's it's such a what i like about it is that he strangles that woman by the by the river of course and you never understand why like he just he just did you know and he's he's a killer. You don't always get the answer. And no. yeah, that that's uh, what was it? We were talking about a movie. I can't remember what movie it was, but we're talking about movies that 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 they don't give you the answer to. And I was like, well, you know, because in real life, you don't always get the answer. Yeah, right. Um, you know, th there's people who've you know that were murderers and killed people, and they they'll admit they killed people, and they're like, well, why'd you do it? Yeah. And they don't no, say I, nothing, and they, they die don't. in the electric chair and yeah. keeping that secret. They just kill. I mean, it's I was I was watching the other day, just kind of like a documentary on uh, Albert Fish. Yeah, and my God, that guy was like, what has happened in real life does not even touch what horror. Like, he was horrific. I mean, right. like the stuff he would write to the to the victims' mothers and or families yep. it was just oh my god like it's it's worse than any horror film you could ever experience and it's it's, it's horrible i mean and, it's a life though that's a guy that people kind of forgot about because he yeah and the fellow you know everybody knows like your your bundy's gacy's and stuff like that but uh, albert fish i think it was probably the worst of all of them i would i would argue that but i think it's just because it, it happened so long ago mm -hmm. where people are like I feel like people almost have this this vision of of times past where they think it's so innocent. It's it, like it nothing like they didn't talk like that. But when you read his letters, he talks like a sailor. Like he mm -hmm. talk, like it, it, he's like saying hor horrendous things that you wouldn't think would come out of a, somebody's mouth in like the nineteen tens or twenties. Like, but it absolutely did. I mean, he oh. was a sick individual <laughs> uh, was he the one he, he's the one that uh wrote oh he goes uh i killed her and ate her but i never molested her and yeah he said i never solace I in said, that yeah i like, never like fucked her like oh my god like it's 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 horrendous like i don't even want to repeat the stuff he said because it's just like it's horrible <laughs> if you want to figure it out it's like yeah yeah go go, go yeah. look up a go look up a documentary on albert fish there yeah. <laughs> read, read any book on him Right, it's yeah, horrific, it's horrible, just horrible, and um, yeah, I mean, like obviously, no film can really capture the the how horrific some of that stuff is because it's just too horrific. Oh yeah, like like you don't want to watch a movie about that. Mm -hmm. It's just like like there's um there's this filmmaker called um his name is Michael Haneke, and um he's made films 
that are like quasi horror films. I feel like the piano teacher, uh, funny games. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Benny's video, uh, they're, they're honestly more disturbing than any horror film in my opinion. Cause he, he's, he like just, de- he's, he's like, he doesn't give answers. Like and then and Benny's video, not to spoil anything, but Benny is obsessive. He's voyeuristic. He wants to, he wants to record everything. Mm-hmm. And he invites this, this girl over, um, to his, his apartment while his parents are away and he just kills her. And, um, and it's horrific how he kills her. It's so slow and agonizing. And it's just like just playing on the VHS. And, uh, when he kills her, you, his parents are like, why did you do it? And he's just like, I don't know. And then he turns himself in at the end and, and his parents get in trouble because they cover up the murder for him. And like, you don't know why he turns himself. It's just like, he's just very interesting filmmaker when it comes to that stuff. Cause he just, he doesn't give you answers. He's just telling you this is life. This is how people actually are. <laughs> bad, bad stuff happens to good people, and there's not always an answer for why it happens. No, and people kill for indiscriminate reasons. Like mm-hmm. you, do, you don't know why most serial killers just kill because they have a desire to kill. Like it's just that's all it is. It's oh yeah. And I think Hitchcock kind of delved into that like kind of early on in his films um like psycho like frenzy or uh my favorite strangers on a train like uh was it robert wagner he's so crazy in that movie <laughs> he he kind of like he he never really gave reasons why they killed you know like he he would just be like yeah this guy just likes to kill <laughs> well th- th- there is a lot of what the current filmmaking you you they want that answer they want yeah. to know why they do this they want to know and if you don't get it they're like oh that's horrible why well, they didn't give us any answers right like r- real life you don't get answers no. um, yeah nor do i want them in films either like it's it's uh far more i think that's why people had a problem with like the i guess the the rob zombie halloween movies at mm-hmm. the time because like he was giving a reason why yeah. Michael Myers was killing, and rather than like the original Halloween, where it's just like an indiscriminate killer, yep. it was just out on the prowl. <laughs> oh yeah, the so. um, I, I I've been rewatching because I watched the the new Halloween movie, which people mm-hmm. hated, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't mind it. I I got it. It's a loophole movie. It's a loophole. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was, was it what I was expecting when I went in the theater? Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> so, it, but chief something there. As, as I tell people, I was like, well, they if they kill him off here and they actually kill him off, I was like, there's three other continuities they can work with. So That's true. <laughs> they can they can remake the, you know, the originals, the Rob Zombie can do one, you know. <laughs> And, and uh, well, I, I just did the interview with Gary Tunnicliffe, and uh, yeah. he was working. He was working on Halloween 3D. Really? Okay. Yeah, he was working yeah. on it. They were already in the pre-production, and they were like, "Nope, funding's gone." Okay. And he's like, wow. And he's like, "You don't understand how close and how far we've been into movies that have gotten canceled." Oh my god! I'm sure it happens constantly. And um, he's like, "Yeah, we we were already we'd already went and scouted locations and did all this stuff, and it's gone." That's that's like that's kind of how the studio system works. It's like because they just have they they'll literally pay like 
pretty large sums of money just to buy a script. Mm-hmm. Just so they like they and it's like just sitting on shelves for like decades. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's just like nobody like nobody's ever touched it. You know, like the the original scream was I know that was a hot script at the time, like the scary movie by Ke- Kevin Williamson. But um that that one was like there's like a bidding war and, mm-hmm. and all that. So they, I mean they just it just things don't get developed at times. It's just it's just interesting how all that works. I don't know, but it's it's, it's something I probably would like to avoid if I can. <laughs> well, um, um, an acquaintance of mine, he's a comic book artist, created characters and stuff like that. He goes, he goes, my book, Gunfighters from Hell, has been optioned like five times. He yeah. goes, and you know, he goes. I have all the paperwork he goes sitting in a filing cabinet in my in my closet over there. And he goes, You know how much that's worth to me? He says, Not a damn thing. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> like it's it's so crazy because um I don't know if you're familiar with the filmmaker S. Craig Zaylor. He did a uh, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I know like I was listening to him on a podcast once and apparently he's he's had several of his like books like all optioned and and, and like on the market but like they haven't been made yet you know so it's just will they ever be made i don't know it's just and there's there's some books that are 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 optioned before they're even published yeah so they're just like oh stephen king coming out with something let's let's just let's just do that now (laughs) i i have a bunch of comic books that uh there's one called stray dogs stray dogs was an option before the first issue came out right yeah, because they just they just know like this we this is promising. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. wow. I was like, what would you? Do? Well, uh, that's one of the issues they ran into with uh, um, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah, they were yeah. already working on the movie, and the book wasn't even done yet, so it had right. no ending. So, right. which, which the the movie has absolutely nothing to do with the, <laughs> the comic, anyways. Yeah, Alan um, Quartermain. <laughs> yeah, you you get there's a lot of these books. Yeah, that they've already optioned, and they're like, it has no ending. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the book, the comic book called Faust. They did the yeah. the Stuart Gordon and them guys did the movie back in the day, right? And that movie, the comic book ended relatively recently, right? Because they were only putting out like an issue, maybe every, like one issue a year, maybe two issues yeah. a year, and that had been running since I was in high school, and it just ended, and my kids were in high school so right yeah so i mean it's been around for for yeah. quite some time yeah is that that's the one with the mice right or is that something else something no no uh faust is a um uh no it's definitely not mice it's it is a brutal hard <laughs> x-rated comic book about a guy who basically makes a deal he's um so it's like the old Faust legend. Yeah, yeah, of. it's it's, yeah. it's definitely the Faust legend, and um, yeah. they introduce all these characters. This guy ends up becoming this like Avenger type character. He's uh, oh damn, he has these like claws. He's like almost a Wolverine like claws that come out oh, of his cool, hands. Yeah. But um, it's all you know the devil's the main character. Yeah. Um, he was an artist. He he basically um, his psychiatrist falls in love with him. He's already mentally messed up. Then he becomes yeah. the the the, yeah. It's it's. I gotta check that out. That's <laughs> very intriguing. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, by, I mean uh, uh, Dave Quinn is the writer and Tim Vigil's the artist. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out for this because, yeah. I mean, I I definitely want to get more into kind of 
the graphic novel realm because I mean it's it's definitely like a very cool avenue for for I guess somebody like me because you know obviously I think kind of working in the independent film realm I'm in I can only make you know at the moment you know certain types of stories mm -hmm. you know I can't obviously I don't have the whole canvas of the world <laughs> oh, yeah. at, my, at my fingertips but like with comics you do you know it's, it's like anything you can imagine you can put out there and oh, yeah. that, that to me is really cool and, uh, and like exploring different genres and stuff seems really interesting well i've i've got scripts i've worked on but i i, I did scripts for comic books first before i ever wrote my yeah. first movie script mm -hmm. and it's it's a very different creature Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. And then also people look at you and go, well, you, what you, what, what can go on in your head and what can go on in a film are two vastly different things. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For yeah. sure. Especially, yeah, you, it's, um, you almost have to have that mindset when you're writing. Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, like I tell independent, like people that I've worked with, like go into the mindset that you have, you know, I'm not going to say nothing. But close to nothing. <laughs> um, like, don't don't write a film like you have a studio budget, yeah. basically. Like, because it, it's just um, unless you're writing for spec or something. Like, it's just there's just no. If you're writing so you can make it uh, and you can sell it and all that type of stuff, you have to be reasonable with oh, yeah. like kind of like what you're working with. And and I think horror is kind of one of those genres i mean i haven't i haven't done horror yet but i i love love horror i mean it's it's just like one of those genres that's kind of just my my go-to you know it's it's something i i get really passionate about it is i think it's just because it's like such a rich genre and like so many of my favorite filmmakers came from there like for instance like he went on to the direct superhero uh, sam raimi you know mm -hmm. like sam raimi just had such an idiosyncratic like voice when it came to horror and you know of course romero and and uh toby hooper um just so many great filmmakers just like work in the world of Wes craven like just just you know they, there's just so much character to their films yeah and like even though they all work in the same genre uh you know like they all just have their own personality to it you know well, look at look at Nightmare on Elm Street. Look at Scream. Look at uh, Serpent in a Rainbow. Yeah. Look at Hills Have Eyes. Look at the 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 you know Last House on Left. All directed by the same guy. All yeah. horror movies. Yeah. All vastly different horror movies. Yes, and that's what was really cool about Wes Craven is that his films are very. He was very versatile, mm -hmm. I, I think, as a as a filmmaker, and he and he he's obviously a filmmaker. I think that just got better and better with time because um last house on the left obviously has its its moments mm -hmm. like that are actually incredibly disturbing and horrific yeah. um it has this that weird comedy bit that's kind of strange but <laughs> but it's it's fine yeah and last house on the, i mean uh hills have eyes is a clear like i think just He's learned his craft. I think yeah. like he he's absolutely kind of like mastering his craft. Like you see somebody kind of being like, okay, I, I know what I did wrong in the last one. I'm not doing it here. And mm -hmm. like you can kind of see that. Hills, yeah. I love Hills on Vibe. That's my favorite West Craven movie. Um, 
And then, you know, West, of course, he makes Nightmare on Elm Street. That just became, you know, a cultural phenomenon. And still probably his, like, most endearing legacy, Freddy Krueger. And then Scream is just, I think, a master of his craft. I mean, it's just, you're just seeing, like, a master at work, really, like, with Scream. So he's a very interesting filmmaker to kind of, like, learn about, I think. Because his his beginnings are so, like, modest. (laughs) Yeah, and and finding out that he had no intention to ever be in a horror guy. No, not at all. He barely had intention to be a filmmaker. No. And yeah, he, he did the 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 one uh, uh, music of the from yeah, the heart or something. Yeah. yeah, and people were like, "That's Wes Craven." I'm like, that's Wes Craven. That's, <laughs> that's that Wes yeah. Craven, right? Because um, I like remember a, people finding that in a video store, and they're like looking at it like, "Is it a horror movie?" I'm like, "No, it's it's a Wes Craven movie, and it's it's right. it's a it's a not it's a drama." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It, it's so and like. Speaking of, like, kind of, like, just, like, the name of people, like, because I feel like in horror, like, names are so identifiable. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the names of the directors are so identifiable. And that's, you don't really see that with other genres. Like, like with, with horror, like, Alfred Hitchcock, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, mm-hmm. like, Romero, like, they're almost just, like, household names. Mm-hmm. You know, and to a, a large extent, Tim Burton, I mean, yeah. I guess he's not, like, horror horror but like he he's definitely dabbled yeah he's adjacent <laughs> he's a Jason. he's a horror jason i mean sleepy hollow, yeah. i love sleepy hollow i mean like sleepy hollow is like just like the production design and just just all of it um that's of course tim, like it's, that's it's, tim burton making a hammer film it is it is it's very very mm-hmm. much a hammer film it's got like a lot of the hammer like it's i love it it's like it's probably my favorite tim burton if i had to choose i mean between that, like Edward says, our hands or something like that. I, but I, I will probably always go back to because uh, I, I know he directed Batman and and uh, yeah, but that was a Warner Brothers movie with a little bit of his flair. But yeah, his for his 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 movies, it's uh, got it's Sleepy Hollow for me. Oh, totally, totally. It's just it's just very. I, I love. First of all, I love that story. I love the story of the Headless Horseman and kind of like colonial america like because there's like no movies that take place during that time period so it's like it's cool to see the movie mm-hmm. especially if it's like gothic horror and yeah i just i just love that movie and just the kind of the look of it and the the of course his production design is 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 an art direction it's just oh, impeccable yeah. i mean i was watching uh ever scissor hands the other day and just like the color in that film is just oh my god like no no film focuses on color anymore it's just it's it's so sad because i it's definitely something i feel like it's just completely um i don't want to speak in general but just like even just seeing the dinner scenes where you just see like the bright green peas just the way people are dressed and just the way the kitchen looks it's just the color is amazing i just love it yeah because i i think that that U.S. films have kind of lost that, but I think a lot of European and uh, uh, international films have still kept the vibrant colors, vibrant, yeah. and that we that's I think that's something we've missed out on. We we were really missing out because like you watch any film or like a trailer, they're all so desaturated. They're all just like I don't know what happened. I, was it like Saving Private? I don't know. Some movie came along we're, we're just gonna desaturate the shit out of this <laughs> and then it just happened till the end of time <laughs> well, we have the ongoing joke at our thing it's just like man dc comic movies are so dark 
Yeah. No, not not that they're dark subject matter. No, they're just filmed very just dark. dark. <laughs> yeah, they're just like this. The Zack Snyder is so. I get like he has a family, but like there's the films are so desaturated. Mm-hmm. It's like oh my god, like they're just like I don't know. Like some movies are just. What was I watching the other day? And like this movie's just ugly. <laughs> like it's just like it just oh it's just some like it was like a film I watched on Netflix with Gerard Butler. I forget what it was called, but. It was uh, his. He lost his wife. And he's trying to find her, but like, uh, uh, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like the. I was watching it. It's just all the camera works. Just like this. It's just desaturated. It's like there's no color in this. There's just no. It's just like say what you will about like the new uh, like like monsters movie with the the Rob Zombie movie. He went. He went out with the color, man. Like, oh yeah. He, he, like at well, least, like it's very colorful. <laughs> he, he was told he wanted to do it black and white. They said right. no, so he goes, "Okay, but I'm going overboard on the color and and right. making." Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like, good for him. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, fine, you know, you can't. You, if you want to make a monsters movie, of course, like I don't know why they'd say no to black and white, but I don't know. Some people just get scared about black and white. Yeah. So some weird. some people just. It's it's not going to. Uh, they they wanted it to be as wide a market as they could. Sure. Yeah. And you For know, kids, there's just certain people yeah. who are just not going to watch it because it was black and white. Right. And and I hope that like one day there's a black and white version or something that comes out like that's just like a special edition or something. But like what they did with uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Right. And like the mist or something. Yeah. yeah like they, they they just like they have like a black and white version because like they for some reason they wouldn't let the filmmaker do it. Like, it's it's sad when that. Like, I was watching a. <laughs> my brother and I like we, we don't like the film Van Helsing necessarily with with uh, Gene Hack or not Gene. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Because <laughs> uh, like, but that's a movie like we saw when we were kids, and it kind of like got us into like Universal monsters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I remember like when we saw that film, like that's when they kind of came out with all the the re releases of like the collector's edition Draculas and mm-hmm. Frankenstein's. So like when we saw that movie, I don't like the movie, but I I think it, it definitely like kind of like invigorated kind of like my love for like Universal monsters and kind of gothic horror. But uh, uh, the the beginning scene is is pretty terrific. I don't like <laughs> the beginning scene where like they kind of like recreate the the kind of like James Whale burning of the of the windmill yep and like the music of that whole scene it's a, it's great i'm like why didn't the whole film get shot black white was it why <laughs> the, and the and the worst part about it is finding out how because that was supposed to be a direct sequel at one time to dracula gotcha see i did not know that yeah and, it, and, okay. and then the fact that they built that entire town which was going to be a set for the tv series called transylvania really and so there's you, like a whole backstory for yeah that. there's a massive backstory to the okay. whole thing and yeah. um um i just found a movie recently that i didn't know the wolfman yeah the the benicio had a sequel oh yeah uh, was it like a straight to yeah it, it was never yeah. meant to be straight to dvd or straight to video but it's like uh werewolves monsters within really or monsters among us yeah. and yeah it was supposed to be a direct sequel to the benicio del toro but it did but right. they were already filming they already had the sets yeah. and everything so just like, all right, well, we'll just release it. On- well, it's it's like really funny because like Universal's tried to like kind of capitalize off off that monster stuff mm-hmm. for a really long time, and like 
none of them have worked that much. I mean, like the the Invisible Man was like a very cool, like interesting take on the kind mm-hmm. of uh, of that story. Um, but yeah, like they tried that Mummy of Tom Cruise. Of course, they had the Brendan Fraser ones, which are perfectly fine. Like, yeah. I think those movies are fine. Like, um, but for some reason, they're just they just haven't been able to kind of like get that going. <laughs> I, I, I think they 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 picked the wrong person to hinge an entire universe on with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it, especially with monsters. Yeah, I I was like, <laughs> and, and and the fact is is that he has all these clauses in his contract where yeah. his female co-star can't be over a certain age. Right, yeah, you know, you're just like, dude, certain you're height. sixty years old, man. You know, yeah. and the girl that's playing the mummy is like twenty. Six, you know yeah she's supposed to find you attractive yeah <laughs> so, i you mean he's, he's holding up i mean he's definitely do, doing something yeah but it's he's i he definitely because like why would you want an action star like they they were trying to make that that the universal's like action movies yeah like they're not action movies no. like they never like that's why i thought the invisible man was a cool because it was still a horror movie like it's yeah. still a, it was a it was a small scale horror movie and that's what the universal monsters are like they're yeah. not these well, action movies supposedly bloomhouse has the rights to move forward with more of the universal monsters okay so maybe they'll do, maybe they'll do right by them like that yeah. will well i guess we'll see i mean fingers crossed man Just, i kind of yeah i know right because i, I kind of like like i like the invisible but i I don't like the fact that they're not like period, I guess. You know, like I can't like if they're gonna do Dracula, I don't necessarily want to see Dracula like modern times. <laughs> well, we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens with Renfield. So Yes, I've is that a is that universal then? I believe that... so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and then is it Nicolas Cage Dracula? Nicolas Cage is Dracula. Oh man, that that's gonna be something. <laughs> Because that's that's honestly kind of like good casting. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, there, there's a lot of horror movies that I'm I'm pumped for, but I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic now because yes. I get too excited about horror movies and then I'm completely let down on them. Yeah, because they don't pan out. Yeah, or or they 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 kind of like okay, what you originally were offered is not what you get at the end. No, you know, right. Yeah, it's, like the Halloween series, I guess. Like the the David Gordon Green ones. Like it kind of started out, you know. Oh, we're di- we're going back to the to the roots to the to yeah. like what Halloween was, and then they kind of went crazy. The second one, and then and then the third one. It's like, like you said, it's kind of a like a loophole. Like it's 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 yeah. like not really a Halloween movie. Not really. I mean, well, it's it's. I was reading the other day that that. It's in the contract that you cannot definitively get rid of Michael Myers. Really? Yeah. It's it's in the contract. You cannot definitively show Michael, Michael Myers, Myers dying. Really? Yeah. So, they, uh, <laughs> so it's one of the ones where there's always got to be a loophole that they can bring him back. Right. So, and, and uh, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I, I very rarely, like, have like sat down and, and touched on scripts and stuff like that, that on um, like your Jason's, your Freddy's or whatever. Sure. But a few years ago, I put together a bit of a script for a Halloween movie. Oh yeah. Because I love the fact is, is that he keeps coming back to the town over and over and over again. And yet yeah. everybody's like, Oh my God, I can't believe. Yeah. 
I had the whole thing is Haddonfield is pretty much like just low, like super poor people. Because, yeah, like it's a low. It that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah because you you can live in these really nice houses and stuff. Yeah, but you you because know, you're getting the property super cheap because no one wants to live there anymore. Right, right. Yeah, but um, it's it's and so I went through the whole thing and then of course I had to kind of touch on on you know I guess um what it's like to be poor and and, and right yeah you know kind and, of a social thing <laughs> yeah it was a little bit of social yeah. commentary in yeah. there and and um. But yeah, I put all this stuff in there and I'm like, I'd love to be able to make this one day, but it'll never see the light of day. And I'm like, whatever. But it's fun. It was a fun little writing no, process. I kind of no, totally like I, I think that's totally like a cool thing to do. Like I was even at like a pumpkin festival or something. And like and at night at a looks like a small town in Ohio. And it's like, why didn't they do like something where like Michael Myers is on the prowl during like a during like a fall festival, <laughs> you know. That's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh yeah, the yeah. one where he goes to the end. He goes through the carnival. I'm oh, yeah. like, oh, and he just walks through like nothing. I'm right, like, yeah. You missed the fact that he could have just been. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And it's like, like honestly, that probably like the imagery of kind of like I don't know carnival stuff, especially at night and like the like. I feel like it would have looked cool aesthetically at least, but. I have no interest in like you know, of, of adding to the legacy of Hollywood. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> it's way too much. Some of yeah. the people get like very, very uh, protective. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not as protective because like I love the Carpenter original. You could always love the Carpenter original just because it's a movie that you don't like doesn't mean the Carpenter original is ruined. Yeah. Like, it's still it's still a great movie. I mean, yeah. like it doesn't ruin the movie. Yeah. I can go back and see Michael Myers and enjoy it, and I can still ignore the fact that he had a kung fu fight with Buster Rhymes at one point. Right, yeah. so, <laughs> it's like trick or treat, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> and, and people go, "Oh, that's it's just the worst movie ever." I'm like, "Then you did not see Halloween Resurrection." <laughs> no, no, it like there's just there's so like that's why it's so funny when people are like, "Oh, this one's so bad. This one's so bad." I'm like. I hate to break it to people of the Halloween like franchise, but like there really hasn't been a great Halloween since the very first one. Like the second one is good, the 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 third one is is interesting and good yeah. in, in a lot of ways. But like after that, like there's no one that's like, oh my god, this is this completely lives up to the first one because the first one's like it's like Jaws, you know, like yeah. you're not gonna recreate Jaws. You can make sequels, but they're not gonna be as good as the first one. It's just yeah. not gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> there's very few people that have ever i mean legitimately i think the only time very rarely ever do you get the 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 a sequel to be better than the original except for like maybe empire strikes back the godfather yeah, 2 yeah. but i'm trying to think of um, more movies like series where like one is better than like the like a sequel is better than the original i i just i can't uh really uh, i don't I I love uh, uh, Nightmare Three more than I like Nightmare One. Yeah, right. But yeah. legitimately, Nightmare Three was the one that caught me. That was the first one I got to see in theaters. Sure. You know, by myself as a kid. Like it, like one can't like objectively say like one is but like like I, yeah, that's totally true. I mean, like you could always have a preference. Like it's yeah. it's just like it's just I don't know. It's it's like um, what's it called? Uh, I guess if you consider the Dead trilogy, like. Of Romero, like I definitely think Dawn of the Dead is better than Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, but it's 
but that's also that's that's subjective. Yeah, like there's also want, more money in there and, and right. a lot better special effects and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then, you know, uh is the crazies in there? <laughs> like I don't know. So it's it's and I don't really count that's not like a that's more like a trilogy in the sense that uh the you know, man with no name trilogy, you know, the dollar trilogy. It's not like a trilogy trilogy where it's like falling one thing after another. So yeah. Yep. it's just hard to say like i i don't know i've never been a huge fan of like the friday the 13th movies like not even like really the the first one like out of all the slap like out of like the big like three or whatever like that that one's just never caught my attention um but you know I, i've heard people like the one where you just you know it was like three where he gets the mask so yeah i've <laughs> so. i've I've always been partial to six. Yet again, it's because that's the first one I saw in a the theater right. as a teenager. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back when theaters didn't care if you were, you know, you walk up, you hand them your money. You're like, all right, going in, kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, that unfortunately, I mean, that's, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get some more horror fans to kind of like jump up. But like you were kind of come up during that whole, that whole slasher craze, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like it was just one after the other. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many, and you look at the slashers and you're like, okay, how did this one get more and this one got one movie? When right, like yeah. the Prowler and uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine and- My Bloody Valentine, the first one's very good. Yeah, yeah. Maniac. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love, love Maniac. <laughs> and, and that's one that the sequel, the, re- the reboot is almost, if not better than the original. Of Maniac? Yeah. Elijah really? Wood as... Oh. I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Go, stop now. Go okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. After this. After this, go, go watch it. It's... it's yeah. um, You'll never be able to look at Elijah Wood the same way ever again. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess Frodo Baggins is no more. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a really good movie. And... and it's one of the ones where, okay, of course, people are going to be partial to the original because you grew up on the original and stuff like sure. that. But I, yeah. I sat down and watched both of them on the same day. Right. And I gave myself some time apart. So I think I watched one midday and I watched one like late in the evening. Yeah. And I'm like center because you watch that one, the, 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 the new one, and you're just like, mm, whew, yeah. that's a, and, and it's a lot of POV stuff. So it's a lot right. of, POV, and, and Elijah Wood is, He's one of the guys who's everybody. He's he's, he's kind of like cute, I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> and to watch him change into this movie and and like be transform, a horrible yeah. person, and you're just like, like holy well, how, shit! Yeah, sleeping <laughs> on Elijah Wood. Other than the yeah. fact, he still looks I mean, like he's twelve. Um, I mean, like he's not used a lot, which is unfortunate. But I mean. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely have to check it out because I'm a huge fan of the first one. And in particular, I just love, uh, I love Joe Spinell. Yeah. I just think that guy was, God, I wish I could have worked with like Joe Spinell. I was just thinking, cause like, he's just, he's just got such a look and presence in films. Like even in like, he's like barely in the Godfather, but like when he just like shoots that guy through the, like, you know, the, the, side winding door and stuff like that it's it's very disturbing <laughs> oh. all right well we've been at this for a while my wife's now yeah. so we're gonna have to i'm gonna wrap it up here um, <laughs> yeah for sure but hold on a second let me give her a yeah, no problem yeah um yeah we working on 
movies and stuff like that. Um, how do people get to you for production? For production, uh, you can go ahead and DM me, send me a message. So it's C A T A L A N O uh, Film Co. Uh, at Facebook and Instagram. I also have an email that's also Catalano Film Call. Catalano Film Co. at gmail.com. So if you have any short films or, or uh, anything that you've been sitting on maybe for a little bit and you kind of just want to get, you know, the ball rolling, I got, you know, kind of a team with me. We're, we're going to try to get your film produced. So, like, that's, like, really the goal is, you know, reading your scripts, like, submitting your scripts. We'll look over the scripts and, uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. I mean, that's, that's, bas that's basically it. So, I mean, if anybody's interested in kind of, you know, because I've been there before. You have a short film, you know, you've just been like, oh, man, it's just like not happening. You know what I mean? And that, that, that a, a lot of the time it comes out of production. Like you need, everybody needs a producer. So like that we're really there for you to be your producer and to be uh, kind of the person you look to for logistics and just nailing down production dates, all that type of stuff that, directors don't really want to deal with writers don't really want to deal with and uh yeah so that's where you can reach me all right well i appreciate you being on the show and i hate to rush it at the end but oh uh, no no issue man like i had a great time again man and yeah, yeah of course like anytime like love talking shop love talking movies i i you know i was like let's talk horror since it's october yeah <laughs> so uh yeah, we, you know, uh, next time we could talk about, you know, even more. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Well, you take care, sir. And yep. I will talk to you again soon.